You're listening to Beyond Conception with your host, Shalmika and Hattie's daddy, Desmond Sweet. Infertility goes beyond the conception of a child. It's not only hard to conceive a child, but also what? <laughs> what are you looking for? You automatically start smiling when we do this podcast. Okay, I do start smiling because of the fact that it brings me joy. And, you know, before we come on, we have our prayer and Thanksgiving. And yeah. I I just have a joy in doing it. Uh-huh. Even though I'm, we're new and we're figuring this out right. as we go, we're not perfect. You just messed up my intro. And yeah. I looked at you. you looking fresh and clean. You got a haircut. Came out in these quarantine streets. Oh, my gosh. You risked it. And it's going up in Arizona, the rates, and you still it went is. out. It is. But anyway, but I forgot what I was saying. Okay. I was trying to do my intro. Start over. Take two. No. <laughs> they all family. Hit it. Well, thank you for listening. You're listening to Beyond Conception again with Shalmika and Desmond, a.k.a. Hattie's daddy. Episode seven. Episode seven. And we are talking about everything infertility. From the literally conceivable in our bodies to the inconceivable and trying to process this in our minds of how this is happening to us. And it's giving you your weekly dose of faith, hope, love, and laughter. And I just want to again tell everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Every text, every subscribe, every rating, every like on IG at B underscore that's b-e underscore conception conception you can can follow us there and we would love to have more dialogue with our subscribers and followers so feel free to message us or you know slide into the dms or you can also email us at bconception14 at gmail.com yep so okay we're gonna jump into it today we are talking about the bump the ever-present bump. bump. The bump. Yeah. Like we ain't talking about acne bumps. No, 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 no. We ain't talking about that boil you got. No, 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 no. We are... Boil. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We ain't talking about that stuff you go to the doctor and get a cream for. Okay. Well, sometimes to keep your bump, you have to put cream up there. You know we I have to We ain't talking about that. what made you nervous when you left the club. I, oh. Okay, well, I'm, we're a, talking about the baby bump. A baby bump. Oh, the roundness. That, yes. Oh, that ever-present bump. It's just always around. You know, they had that song back in the day, "Doing the Butt." Do the bump. But it's a doing the bump. But that's the butt. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but it's always around, and it seems like when you are trying to conceive a child, yes. you're so fixated on your own, trying to get your own yeah. bump. Yeah. Yeah. To where you just be, it's like, well, let me put it like this. It's like when you buy a car uh-huh. and you're driving down the street and you just notice every car that looks yeah. like yours. Mm-hmm. But before you got this car, you never really paid attention to the other car. Chevy Spark. <laughs> Why we got to go that low? No shade on somebody who has a Chevy Spark. But... Dude, like that Chevy Spark was so fresh when it was a lot. Just you had that just car. glistening. What? But the thing is, is that you are now in a situation that this is consuming your life. Yeah, you'd be it, jealous of a pit bull. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I mean, you really would. Dog running around with everything low and nursing. Okay, and you just looking Lord like... Lord Jesus, the mutts is getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Look gosh. at that, dog. 
What? I no, what is that dog? <laughs> but that's facts. That part. It is so true. And I have been there. Yeah. And you do, you look at everybody, you just notice that everybody named mama pregnant. See, yeah. like on the news, they got a 68-year-old woman having triplets. Yeah. For her 32-year-old daughter. Like, like, what the heck? Who you making love with? <laughs> what mailman Stop. is the father of that baby? Stop. You know, the thing is, is that we're laughing about it. But, I mean, this is a serious thing. Mm-hmm. But the reality is you have to find, like we always say, the humor and some stuff. You have to laugh at your pain sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to just get over the fact that I don't have a bump. I'm working hard. Yeah. Like we talked about in episode six, we clocking in stuff is transactional. Yeah. And not only that, even if you are in a space to where you're enjoying your sex life and you're just kind of going with the flow and you're trying to just enjoy each other and be present in that moment. But when it's over, you're still kind of like, okay, is it happening? Am I going to get that positive test result this month? And am I going to be able to leap with joy and everything that I've been working so hard for because even if you are in the moment you're still working hard I mean if you're trying to get it right putting some work in but the thing is is that it's not there and now you see it all around you and how do you maneuver through that as you are trying to acquire your own situation your own baby one day I saw Mo Bumps in a proactive commercial oh my gosh (laughs) no and I, I hear you on that talk about that so, um, no, in all seriousness, the bump like is out there because I was listening to Dr. Randy Carlson one time and he was talking about he and his wife and some of the struggles they had around infertility. Mm. And I forget how many years it was, but I, I was at Bank of America mm-hmm. and I would literally step out <laughs> at lunchtime in order to listen to Dr. Randy Carlson's radio show mm-hmm. like it would happen during my lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking to somebody who was struggling with infertility and mm. he was like, you know, my wife and I, we struggled for however many years. And he said, a lot of people get pregnant in these years. Everybody. And about that time for us, we had been married about five or six years, I think. Mm-hmm. And I said, we have seen a lot of people pregnant. Have got a lot of announcements, I baby remember, shower invitation. I remember working with somebody <laughs> who was very, let's just say, loose in his loins. Okay. And <laughs> in that situation alone, he told me about a girl that... So you mean he was just... He was out here. He was in these streets wilding out. Out here. He was just sleeping with any and everybody. Out here. Okay. He told me about a young lady that had a miscarriage, and he was like, whoo, I dodged a bullet. (gasps) No, he didn't. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? And so while we're having this conversation, he's telling me that somebody that we worked with, Mm -mm. he thinks that she's expecting. (laughs) Wait, stop. His baby. Yes. That's too much. And he was praying against it and he didn't really understand my situation but I'm like Mm -hmm. are you freaking kidding me yeah like talk about a male perspective right so this is not like a visible bump but this is a mental bump right where I'm saying for all intents and purposes I would be so happy I would be preparing I would be doing this and I always knew you would be such I'd be like Desi would be such a good dad like people just love you like now you have a second thought (laughs) (laughs) no I'm sorry I mean cut you off but no I could see how from a male perspective especially you 
wanting to be a father so much. And here he is praying against it. And you're like, come on, man. Yep. And come to find out that, that, um, I think she was, I'm really not sure how the, yeah, I'm not sure how the story played out, but I remember that day of him, like basically like walking around with a Wait cold a sweat. Yeah. And stop it. Yeah. You know, exactly I'm not going to say now you're talking about yeah. it's coming back to me. Yeah. You know who I'm oh, talking about. Oh, I do know who you're and talking so, about. And uh, so, but, but it was like a season that I had to go through. And so in speaking of the bump and speaking of baby bumps, like mm-hmm. we were so intentional with trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like other people's just making it happen just from a night at the bus. Right. Okay, and as they just looking at each other, and it's, you would assume, right, they just drinking water, right? Because mm-hmm. people say, oh, it's something in the water. I was in a meeting a few weeks ago. Oh, well, not a few weeks ago, because we've been in quarantine. I would say it was last semester. Yeah, because we're still right. in meetings. Well, yeah, we're still in meetings. We're working hard from home, right? But I was in a meeting last semester, and it was this huge meeting. And one of my colleagues, we were all sitting around the conference room table talking. And so he was talking about how he was going to be out the um all through of course we had um christmas break off but then he was going to be off the first two months of the spring semester Mm -hmm. and i was like oh why and he was like oh because my wife is having a baby and i'm going to take my paternity leave Mm -hmm. i was like oh that's cool whatever and then people start going around the room all talking about how oh they're pregnant or they know somebody else pregnant i'm sitting there of course we are trying to have another one right right We've had several miscarriages since having Hattie. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these. And, and I had to relive that. And it helped me. I remembered in my head, I was like, was I so far removed? I forgot about this bump being ever present. And sometimes yep. it's not yep. even just seeing it, yep. but it's hearing about yep. all these people having and babies. I, and I want to hook something to that because right when we were looking to conceive our first child, we were like, Lord, if you just give us one. Mm-hmm. We won't be around here praying and hoping for no. We'll be happy with the one. Right. And we looked at other people who had one and struggled with having an additional one. And we was like, you just greedy. Yeah. But the reality is whatever portion of that you fall into is a real yeah, issue. A real Whether you're issue. attempting to have your fourth, fifth, or sixth child and you're having difficulty with that, it is dealing with the fact that is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And then you look at other people in which it is happening seemingly at will. Yeah, at will. And that's the assumption. And the reality is, is that there's two forms of infertility in the sense of kind of when it happens. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not a doctor, but this is just from my own research from it. And so there is primary or infertility to where you have just a problem conceiving without ever being pregnant. Okay. But then there is like secondary infertility. Which is infertility how we were from the jump. From the jump. Uh-huh. But then there is secondary infertility to where now you've had children seemingly with no problem, but now there's an issue and you can't get pregnant again. Got it. And so a lot of people have that secondary where they may have, you know, three or two or one child yeah. without an issue. And then now they try to have another and now it's a problem. So people are dealing with that. And I'm quite sure that can cause some type of issue. And it has for me in the sense that I I feel like I'm experiencing both. Or if a doctor would say, no, you still on the first one, fam, because your other one was just by luck, they say. But I say it's a blessing, a miracle, whatnot. But I know what it is to struggle to get pregnant and seeing the bump. And then to have a child and then to try again, seemingly 
thinking that what's going to be an issue because then that's another myth. Yeah. And you can unpack all the myths that people have about that. That one, oh, once you get pregnant, you're going to open up the floodgates and girl, right, you're going to be right, fertile right, myrtle right, and you right. better watch out because all of a sudden you have all these children we rocking around that. here and yeah. we didn't hurt that. But, you know, it is challenging to do that. I had, as you were talking about work, and thank you for sharing that um, because, yeah, I forgot about that story, but I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about, but we're not going to call no names. But um, remember talking about going back to that methadone clinic mm-hmm. that I was working at. And you're talking about in the thick of it, I was working with, they put me, assigned me to the pregnant women. I didn't know that. Yes. You they, never told me that. Well, yeah, I think I mentioned to you briefly and a lot of stuff I didn't share, but that was hard for me because here we were trying to get pregnant and then we had gotten pregnant in 2012 yeah. with our first child, but then we had a miscarriage yeah. and here I was, um, giving or assisting women who were on opiates pregnant and they were getting methadone treatment and they had part of their treatment was to come see me and do counseling and in my head i'm thinking god how in the world are these women pregnant and they're on drugs i'm in the clinic with them getting giving them methadone like i wasn't giving to them the pas or the doctor was doing that but yeah I'm running drug tests and their drug tests are coming back positive with methamphetamines and all other types of stuff outside of opiates. And they're just like, I don't know how that happened. I'm like, you don't know how that happened. But of course I'm thinking on the inside, I have Mm -hmm. to stay professional, Mm -hmm. but that was, Oh, you're talking about a dig. Yeah. And not only are you pregnant, but then you're not even safeguarding. And we know that addiction is a disease. Um, you have to treat it from a medical perspective and all that. I yeah. get that, but that was still, I'm human. And even with my educational training, that was a blow. Yeah. And then I had to give them warnings on like, okay, you know that when you get, when you deliver, they're going to run a drug test on your child. Right. And a lot of them weren't being, of course, forthcoming to their doctor. And I'm like, that's pretty much standard practices. They do that when you're, when they're fixing you up down there yeah. and they got that baby over there on the tray and measuring and doing all that. They're doing other stuff that could be a CPS kind of situation. So you may want to, and I have many clients who they were like, whew, nothing came back. But then they come back after having the baby and they're full of opiates again. And it's like they detox themselves before they had the baby. And I'm in, but all that stress that the baby was going through. Sure. But also too, as a believer, and I think too because even part of the bump and what we're talking about as well is that how to shift your perspective in that yeah and so in those moments too god impressed on my heart to start praying for those children mm. that were in utero okay and um and i would pray for them that god would cover them and protect them because they didn't have a choice yeah. in what was happening yeah. you know to their developing and, bodies and like of course we care right mm-hmm. because we're parents uh, but I wonder if your prayer would have been as potent, maybe if we were able to conceive prior to that. Mm. Um, and then I also think about it from a perspective of, I wonder if sometimes God allows certain things to happen because he knows that we're in a position to pray for yeah. certain things. But I had a situation where I saw a bump okay. on one of my cousins. Okay. Walking down the street, Mm. and this is a cousin that has dealt with numerous CPS scenarios. Mm -hmm. Hadn't seen her in years. Mm -hmm. 
Speaking of the barbershop, I'm leaving the barbershop <laughs> to see her crossing the street. Mm. And when I tell you she looked every bit of 11 months pregnant. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, another one? <laughs> and I'm trying to have one? Just one. Just one. And here you are What I know some around here that ought to be of an age to where they walking with you. And well, this would have been maybe her fourth, maybe fifth. At least fifth. Mm-hmm. At least fifth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at that like, it ain't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It ain't the bloodline because clearly <laughs> this one right here is popping them. So what is it? Yeah. So that's another one that I saw that I was just like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's dealing with like the announcements okay uh, yeah like, oh yeah. this one's pregnant and like to hear like again did you just have yeah, one but last how did year you, but then speaking <clears throat> of these announcements how did you feel like the baby showers oh the baby showers well the baby showers were always a thing of when are you gonna have one right right it's right. that question that proverbial question of when are you having a baby when y'all y'all been married long enough why why don't you what y'all do, waiting what, on? You, what y'all waiting on or you know everything all right kind of thing Mm -hmm. or that one person i told you that gave me the advice i could show you positions i could tell you positions to get you knocked up and i'm like i'm good wow it's not the positions you know that's fine it's just you know it ain't happening it's firm ain't me nag hey that's not happening but it was always those questions of when are you gonna have one what y'all waiting on you just need to relax and chill and those are kind of knew the situation where they would tap me on the shoulder your turn next like you got next kind of thing <laughs> like I hope so I seen one lady she had to be older than Janet Jackson okay stop she had to be wait a minute and we were struggling first of all and know. I'm like Lord you said it's gonna rain on the just and the unjust okay. I need you to do the old and the young now yes but okay first of all I gotta start I love I love Janet Jackson so, but and she had a baby She was later 50? On. Yeah, but I don't know her full story. I don't either. But I mean, but yeah. Ain't no digging, Janet. Okay. Janet, if you're here, you know we love you. Love her. But this woman was And we old. love for you to come on. But this talk. woman was older than Janet Jackson. Okay. So. <laughs> and not as pretty as Tito Jackson. Yeah. And she had the bump. Yeah. And how did that make you feel, sir? Struggle with it. Yeah. struggle with it how was the male conversation like did you and your friends like ever have like conversations like when y'all gonna have one or how did you know your no not necessarily that ain't really something men discuss really no yeah, one not, ever really not, not in that particular not in that particular well I take that back I have had some family members be like oh when are y'all gonna have some when are y'all gonna have some but you know, it's just something that you just kind of blow off and something that you just kind of walk through or change the subject or something like that. It wasn't really something that we would dwell on. Did they ever try to take like a dig at your manhood or putting it down or anything like no, that? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. Okay, but yeah, it's just hard. But it's looking at how can we move through that. And like I said, even going back to the um, women at the clinic, I had to get in a position of prayer. And that was tough, especially after I had the miscarriage and now going back and dealing with these same group of women and not to judge them. And that's when I really started to realize it was about, now I'm gonna tell you, the first five to six years of our fertility journey, um, it was very tough 
for me to um, see someone pregnant, particularly people close to me, you know, friends, family members, mm -hmm. um, close associates. I, I mean, I really struggled with that. And um, some of them, and not all, I didn't know their stories. And again, not a lot of them, and maybe two to three of them that I knew had some infertility issues. And so I'd be really happy for them mm -hmm. because I knew they had a struggle right. attached right. to right. it. Right. And I was in the same fight. Right. Um, but the rest of them, I was really taking it hard. Right. And questioning and some of them were in some of their situations we knew weren't the best the relationships weren't the best they didn't have the financial resources to have a child or you know they just had a lot of drama and other things <laughs> talking about your cousin walking across the street yeah, yeah. it's just a lot of variables implied it was like now why they get to have a child and which I is unfair of us like yeah. like don't get me wrong it's unfair of us to be judging these people mm -hmm. that had a baby bump but these are real life feelings that's how you feel especially for us to be standing on the other the field and we celebrating those that struggled and got mm -hmm. it as if they earned it mm -hmm. and the other people didn't earn it right um so it ain't right but it's truly it's a feeling right, that we felt okay. i think about the song whitney houston but the reality is this is that i had to it took me later on about that five six year mark to realize that to give some equity to everybody's bump in the yeah. sense of just because i know somebody struggle you don't know the full story mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. And then to put take into account, um, because of my faith and realize that God does everything for a reason That's right. and a purpose. That's right. And obviously it is destined for this child to come into the world. Absolutely. And so I Absolutely. had to shift my perspective and really realize that it's not about me. I can't take it personal. Yeah. Um, God is not out to get me and just na 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 I'm gonna get all these other people pregnant. Yeah. And not you, but he. There's a destiny attached to it, and I don't know what these children would um, bloom into, and the calling that God has on their lives. I mean, the next child being born could have the cure for cancer or something. I don't know. That's out of my hands. Yes. But it took some maturity with that, and I had to get in a space of realizing that everybody's journey is different, and in that. I had to look at my journey and really evaluate, you know, doing that inner work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of working on all of those things that the word tells us not to have, jealous, envy, and covetousness, you know, all those things and really pray for God to help me to move through those negative emotions because it wasn't, um, it wasn't Christ-like, yes. you know, and I can't walk in a space like that. I have to walk in more of a loving and way and not really um, have those negative feelings. How did you get through it? Um, through prayer, number one, through prayer. Uh, my concern through that, I was always very attentive to your response. Mm. So when the person with the baby bump would walk into the room, I wouldn't immediately look at you because I already felt like you felt eyes were on you, mm -hmm. uh, but I would really pay close attention to your energy shift or your mood change and making sure that I was there uh, to help and to support and to guard if needed um, to be able to make it through those. Because the reality is 
there were some people who I felt like we were in circles with mm-hmm. that had the baby bump mm-hmm. and were pseudo antagonistic with it. Mm. I don't feel like everybody had great intentions or were supportive. Um, I felt like we were in some spaces where, quite frankly, some people were jealous of you and they were jealous of your accomplishments. And this was one thing that they had that they could hold over your head. Mm. And I felt that. I really, really did feel that. And so I would do the best I could to try to guard and to try to block and to try to change subjects if need be or come in and crack a joke because that was my role to to support you and to undergird you and to help you because I know it was not easy for you and I know you dealt with that more than I would because the way society is again it's typically pointed at the woman Mm -hmm. if conception struggles are there yeah and I appreciate you for that as always I've always um told you how I appreciate you just undergirding me and really being that support system and seeing things a lot of times that I didn't see in myself in the sense of having that hope, that faith perspective. Like you were pretty consistent with that where times are like, Desi, I don't know if this is for us. You know, we're trying, we've seen all these bumps everywhere. Here we are in year four and here we are in year five, six, seven, you know, and they're going on and you were always like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Keep the course. We'll be all right. And so I thank you again for that. I can't thank you enough for that. But yeah, it was tough to get through and seeing it, but we got through it in Mm -hmm. the sense of one looking at, you know, ourselves, understanding that every life has purpose. And even as God gifts you with life um, to bear in your body. The fact is, is that that life has a purpose. And so I don't want to minimize someone else's life because I'm not able to bring that in. That's not, that's not fair. And that's how I rationalized it and how you do that is up to you. But we were talking about as well, you know, even looking in the Bible at some instances, and there's quite a few stories in the Bible of women that are infertile, they, or have infertility issues. Right. And, of course, we know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, those classic ones of the husbands and then their wives, Sarah, um, Rebecca, and Rachel. And then, of course, we have Elkanah's wife, um, Hannah, Uh is separate. Uh But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were family, son, and then grandson. They all had (laughs) issues. Speaking of children, okay, so we're being a total disclosure. So we're not, of course, in a studio or nothing like that. We are at our kitchen table in our house recording. And so sometimes, and I don't know if you all hear it, but we listen to the tapes and edit them, but our daughter just made some noise in the background yawning. And um, we're going to have a camping session in the living room later. But anyway, but with that said, it was a family affair. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And as you brought that up, um, my grandmother, Mm. my grandmother, Emma, my dad's mother, True. Struggle with infertility. She sure did. Um, and so when you mentioned earlier that uh, people say, you know, once you're able to conceive, once the floodgates are open. And, you know, we always talk about our church being. She went to her pastor oh boy. and said, you know, can you pray for me and Bobby? And Bobby was the nickname for my grandfather, Jesse. 
said, can you pray for me and Barbie? Because we, we, you know, we want to have a child. And it took them five years to have my dad. Mm. And the pastor said, I don't know if you want me to pray. Because <laughs> when I pray, get ready. And my grandma said, no. Because they, they say, yeah, I pray for such and such and such and such. Can't stop having kids. And my mm. grandma said, no, I don't see myself being like such and such. All we want is one. Mm. And that was always their testimony that all they wanted was one. But they struggled with infertility for five years. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because even how we talked about just disclosing it, um, your grandmother and grandfather were the ones that I knew that were tangible to have that experience. Mm -hmm. And um, outside of our close family circle, I never really, I don't know, just until now, really put in perspective, like this is like a family thing. Mm -hmm. And... So, yeah, that, that's an interesting thing that you just brought up right there. And speaking of families, we're mm-hmm. talking about Abraham and Sarah. Yeah. Isaac and Rebecca. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And then Jacob and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was just looking at that pattern. Yeah. And that ever-present bump. Because all three of those women had the bump issue, right? Yeah. And one story is so funny to me. It's particularly the Jacob and Rachel's story, because Rachel and um, Leah, Leah, and looking at that whole situation, they're going back and forth with this bump. Yes. And it's almost yes. when you read it, it's like a soap opera. Yes. The Bible is so like dope in that. It's so interesting and so relevant yes. to our experiences. Yes. And even as I was going through um, the heat of it, and I wouldn't, and, and let me preface this, just because I have a child it doesn't mean that I'm not still going through or in a struggle of trying to conceive more. And to be honest, my prayer at this point is really, God, if it be your will type yeah. of thing. I'm, I'm older than I was when yeah. I had Hattie and even in starting our journey. And then there's just certain life goals and things that I have right now to really saying, is another child really in the decks for us? And it's a conversation that we go back and forth with. Yes. Um, Right now, we're not being intentional with trying to conceive, um, but, you know, the bump is still there. So at times, I battle still with that, mm. and I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm still halted between two opinions, mm. and so I'm really trying to figure that out, but, and I'll get there, and y'all will know about it, too, um, but I would love to have another child if yeah. it happened, and we've tried, and we've had three miscarriages since Hattie. Yeah, and so don't nobody sign up for that. No, and nobody signs up for that. And so the reality is, is that that bump is there. And so Rachel and um, Leah, going back to their story. Sisters. Sisters. And Leah, the cockeyed one. cousins of Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They're all intertwined. Um, But the cockeyed one, the one that the word tells us that God um, loved her because she was hated. So, mm-hmm. because Jacob really wanted to marry Rachel, but he got tricked. Laman gave Leah, and y'all know the story if you're Bible readers, but Laman gave him Leah instead of Rachel. And so he had the two wives and Leah was having all these children. And then Rachel wanted to have a child so bad her womb was um, shut up. And and like I said, you know, from episode one or two, when I was talking about the diagnosis, and I always thought about when I found out that my womb was technically shut up because of that, yeah, that tissue in there. I always wondered, does she have a septate uterus? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, was that it? Mm-hmm. Or bicornate uterus or whatever the case, a, a deformity of the uterus mm-hmm. of some sort. Um, but the interesting part of the story when you get to chapter 30 in Genesis is this whole mandrake. This the whole, this, this is a trip. The biblical matcha. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk, let's unpack that. Because when you're in a quest to get that bump. Yeah. Now we talked about a lot. Oh, you had me drinking matcha. Well, well you was trying to, but well, I wasn't signed up. Well, matcha. matcha came on down the line because this matcha came on the line after we had Hattie. And we were in that phase of trying to, and we were at the pool, remember? Yeah. And that one um, Latina lady, she and I were talking in the pool, and we just had this organic conversation about babies. I remember how, the conversation, but I know when that conversation was over, like, you was, like, beelining for the matcha. For the matcha. And so, I never drank no matcha. Me either. So she basically said, you know, she had tro- trouble trying to conceive her daughter. We were both in the pool with okay. our, Hattie was maybe about one and a half, maybe two. Yeah. And so we were talking about our conception story. Yeah. And she was like, oh, girl, she's like, you got to go get that matcha. And I said, matcha? What is matcha? And she said, it's this green, powdery, like, you know, drink that you, they, it's like from China or something. And she was like, can you drink it? And it helps with fertility. Now, mind you, let's pause right there. I, in the quest to get the bump, outside of trying modern medicine, yeah, I was trying every Everything homeopathic. Butt mandrakes. Right. <laughs> remedy that you could think of. If they said saran wrap your body and lay in the oven for 20 minutes, I would have did it like you know, and I remember at one time we probably had a good fifteen teas. Oh yeah, I had all types of teas. I was on a special diet. I was taking all these vitamins and wild yam, and some of them I still take to this day because it works for my body. Yeah. You know, I even got this book on. It's called How to Deal with Cope with PCOS, and it had a lot of remedies and recipes in there. And so now going back to the story about the matcha. After all of this research, oh, and I went to a homeopathic doctor, mm-hmm. and she had did all these um, saliva tests and this and that and hormone trying testing. hormone testing and all this kind of stuff with me. So I had tried everything that I could think of right. in a holistic, home remedy-ish right. kind of Naji Ramba trying right. to make this happen more naturally. Right. And again, there's nothing wrong with going to a medical provider um, like an infertility doctor, and if you can do that. But some people can't always afford that. And there were times in our journey to where money was right. tight, and it really wasn't in our pocketbook to be going and paying all this money for a fertility doctor. Right. So when she's telling me about matcha, I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, not only is it just good for fertility, but it's just good for women's health and balancing your home hormones. And she's like, girl, you just need to go pick it up. So I was all over it. Yeah. So then when I come back to the Bible and I hear this story about how back then, now they didn't have no fertility doctors, yeah. but these mandrakes, and I'll let you tell it because you were telling me how you read it um, I had just the other read day the, too. Yeah, I just read this like a few days prior. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> Reuben... Yeah. Who is Ooh. one of Leah's sons yes. was out working 
and he runs across this mandrake. Now, mm-hmm. this is the first reference that I've ever heard in the Bible of this thing, mandrakes. Mm. But they pick up the conversation as if everybody knows what the mandrake does. Well, they... So as we do in research, we find out that the mandrake is for fertility mm-hmm. or for um, sexual attraction, yes. if you will. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a modern-day oyster. Mm. So... Stop. I have to stop you right <laughs> So you know where I'm going with this. So pause. So speaking of the oyster. Look at these oysters. I cannot eat oysters in front of your dad comfortably. <laughs> and he doesn't know it. But. He know now. He know now. Somebody gonna tell him. So it was many years ago. So knowing my daddy now, whenever we go to a restaurant with oysters, he gonna have them waiting on me. I know. <laughs> So it was many years ago in our quest to get pregnant, we were at the seafood restaurant and I love oysters. I love anything seafood except for like octopus, squid. You I don't like get fried oysters. You don't like. No, I don't like raw oysters. You're right. right. I do like fried oysters. Um, but yeah, so I ordered me all of these oysters and I'm just gobble, gobble, gobble. Mm-hmm. And your dad is watching me. <laughs> He is watching. So you know how like you feel somebody looking at you Uh and you look up like, yes. And he goes, you know, they say oysters are an aphrodisiac. I'm like, oh my God. Thanks. I can't even eat them anymore. Mind you, this is before Hattie. This is before Hattie. So I'm literally like pushing the plate back like. I'm good. I can't sit here. Thanks. You telling me this. Dad. I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> I couldn't do it. So every time, and so after that, I've moved on, but I've ordered them ever since. But every time I order oysters around your dad, I feel uncomfortable. But go back to the mandrakes story. So going back to the mandrakes. So um, Ruben brings home these mandrakes. Leah's like, oh, cool, mandrakes. Rachel hears about it. Well, pause. Okay. Because Leah, and I keep pausing Leah, at this time, she can't get pregnant. She had been having children, and Reuben bought the mandrakes to be of assistance to her. To to his mother. Yes. Bearing more children for his father, Jacob. Yeah. And so, because Leah, yes, she had children, and she had a spot where she was dealing with infertility. It was like God was hitting stop and start on both of them at different times. They was giving out their hands. And whoever, and whoever conceived in that moment, they felt like they was just blessed of God, and God had redeemed it them was for, a holy for that period of time. <laughs> so, uh, Rachel hears about these mandrakes, and she is just willing to do whatever it takes. Like, girl, give me your mandrakes. To get these mandrakes. So, you pick it up from there. Oh, well, so then they get the mandrakes, and so Leah gives her servant to um, to Jacob, and she gets pregnant again with the fifth or sixth child on that. But I thought it was so crazy how these mandrakes even going back, how women were in this quest to find something, a remedy, yeah, to have a child. And so part of that Rachel Leah story is that whole bump thing, right? That whole competition. Yeah. Rachel was really desiring, and Jacob loved Rachel. Yeah. I mean, he that was his boo. He his worked first... for seven years for Rachel. Yes. For his father Laban. Yes. Well, his father-in-law Laban. Yeah. And after working for seven years for Rachel, they slip Leah into his tent. Mm-hmm. And he makes love to Leah. Yeah. Wakes up. And that still baffles me. And sees the <laughs> cockeyed Leah. Yeah. 
And Rachel. Now. And so then he tells uh, Laban, you tricked me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's such a, a play on it all because we know that Jacob Come was on. the deceiver. His name means deceiver. Yes. And so now he deals with his father-in-law Laban, who is a deceiving match for his deception. Come on. So now he begins to work. He has to work another seven years Ooh. to get Rachel. Would you work that hard to get me? Oh, girl. With, oh. Watch yourself. I've been working for 15 years. <laughs> you are. You been do work hard. 15. Come on. So <laughs> it's such the, the the situation of dealing with the, the baby bump. And the baby yeah. bump was even present with Sarah and Hagar. Yes. Because you look at Sarah, who was not able to conceive, felt so bad for Abraham, says, hey, take my servant, Hagar. Mm-hmm. Hagar now, and this is her Egyptian servant, Hagar now gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. And once Hagar is pregnant with Ishmael, Hagar walks around with a certain uh, affluence about herself, so much to where mm-hmm. the scripture says, hey, Sarah tells Abraham, mm-hmm. you better do something with her. You better get your check. You better get your thought. She around here smelling herself, <laughs> okay. and we all smelling her, like do something with her. Yeah. And so uh, Abraham has to have a conversation with, H- with Hagar and say, hey, get yourself together. You got to get a side piece together. And so finally, Sarah is able to conceive. Mm-hmm. And she conceives and gives birth to Isaac. Mm-hmm. And when she gives birth to, to Isaac, now Hagar starts acting funny herself. Mm-hmm. And Hagar and Ishmael are in a corner laughing mm-hmm. when they're getting ready to do a birthday celebration for Isaac. Mm-hmm. And that's when Sarah says, you know what, Abraham, I don't have enough of Hagar. They Go on and pack her up and send her on her way. Yeah. So this competition battle... Yeah. Of seeing someone with a baby bump and not being a level of support, mm-hmm. I think that you know that time ought to be up. Like as yeah. we begin to see changes in society and how we're expecting for different cultures to to come together and support one another, mm-hmm. I think a portion of this podcast is to raise awareness, absolutely, so that we begin to turn on a mind of support around yeah. our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm who may be dealing with something and that we become cognizant that maybe this is something that another couple is dealing with Mm -hmm. and there are some things that we do intentional Mm -hmm. and there are some things that we do that are offensive intentional. So maybe if you're serving in this supportive role and you're walking around with this baby bump and maybe you just around just woo, it's so hot. Ooh, I'm just just, rubbing your belly. Oh, you just pregnant and hot. My feet hurt. Ooh, I just need. Ooh, can I get some nachos with ranches to the cheese? And it's not to say not to celebrate your pregnancy, right? Because your pregnancy should be celebrated. But like I like what you just said. We should be doing it. with intention, but not intentionally to hurt somebody. Right. Is that what you just right. said? Right. And so the point is, is that these bumps are ever present um, because people are going to be having babies. That's just the reality of our world. It's the circle of life, Simba. It's going to happen. And the term I heard <clears throat> from one of my, um, from one of my friends, and I consider him a friend. He raised the term um, that we've got to really exhaust this anti-racist. And so this is not just standing from a position of, um, I'm not a racist. I've got black friends. 
but it's going the step further and being an advocate mm-hmm. for the black community. Mm-hmm. So now maybe we can take a step up as yeah. it relates to infertility yeah. and not to say, oh, I'm not around here trying to make you feel no sort of way. But maybe now you're taking the additional step mm-hmm. to ensure that maybe if someone has been candid enough with you to share that they are struggling with infertility, mm-hmm. that you do your best to cover them. Yeah, And like that same role that I would play at those baby showers and at those parties to make sure that you were good good yeah maybe you now can step up and be a part of that person's network mm-hmm. and just make sure they're good they're good and when you know that somebody is being antagonistic call them out and say that's not cool like mm-hmm. don't do that that's you're, you're being unfair you're not being right just like you have to call out people who's doing injustice to people of color mm-hmm. um that are having prejudicial discriminatory acts you have to say, no, sis, yeah. I see what you're doing. That's not cool. And you know what would have even gone a long way with you? Mm-hmm. Is if somebody would have came alongside and said, you know what? I know what she's doing to antagonize you. Mm-hmm. And I see it. You're not crazy. You're not losing your mind. Right. But know that you got an ally in prayer for support. Yeah. And you got somebody who got a faith and going to believe and hope mm-hmm. that God is getting ready to do something for you. Oh, yeah. That would have been monumental for me because sometimes you do feel like crazy. <laughs> You don't want to be that lunatic person. They saying, oh, you know, she's just being extra because she can't have a baby. So mm-hmm. it's in her head. You know, she tripping. But no, the reality is we know when you're coming for us. We feel the shade. We see it. You, We up under that shade tree. Like, you being real shady right now. Yeah. But the thing is, too, is that I had to also, when I shifted my mindset to go from being... Um, judging judgmental or coveting and or being envious or jealous yeah. of that bump yeah but then going back and we've talked about this before having those glimmers of hope or being thankful and just really authentically and that took some space and growth like i said the first five or six years of it i wasn't there but that mm-hmm. took work on my part to be intentional with um, moving past that is to get into that point a space of celebration yeah. And celebrating everybody that got pregnant. Yeah. And in doing that, it helped me to shift and it increased my faith to believe that in God's word, like he said, he's not a respecter of person. That's right. And so right. I began to pray, Lord, if you did it for them, that's right. you can do it for me. That's right. And I'm thankful for that. And I honestly developed, and even to this day, and I'm like still, like I told you in that meeting a few weeks, you know, months ago. But I still honestly have an appreciation for everybody who gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. This is life and it's to be celebrated. And we don't know the context to yeah. that pregnancy. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny how you said the same God because I remember that there was a certain couple that we were praying for. Uh-huh. Um, t- and talk about the spirit of intercession, right? Yeah. Because we were in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. But I did not want this couple to feel what I was feeling. Mm. It was almost like mm-hmm. this struggle that I'm dealing with, I wouldn't wish it on nobody. Oh, no. Um, yeah, and so that's where I was. Mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, I need you to fix it. Um, especially if I felt like maybe the couple, um, maybe they didn't have the same faith that I did. Mm. I was like, God, show your power. Mm. Like, show your power in a way to where when it's all said and done, won't nobody know? Mm. Couldn't nobody do this but God. Yeah. And when I tell you, speaking of the baby bump, that bump, when I saw that bump, it brought celebration for me. Yes. So I want to encourage somebody to say, hey, 
what the devil meant for evil, mm-hmm. God can turn it for your good. And that couple ended up testifying to us yeah. without, it was just, again, another conversation and talking to him. I know exactly who you're talking about. And as she was pregnant, I can remember it like it was yesterday when we saw them because we went to go visit them mm-hmm. and because um, they live in another city or well, state, actually. Mm-hmm. And when she walked around that corner and her bump like came around the corner before she did, mm-hmm. And we were like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, wow, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. But mm-hmm. we were really like in jubilation mm-hmm. for them because God did rest on your heart. It was, mm-hmm. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were laying in the bed one night mm-hmm. and you said, God has impressed on my heart these two people mm-hmm. and we need to pray specifically mm-hmm. for a baby yeah. and for a conception. I remember going to bed that night weeping and crying Oh my! for yeah. them to conceive. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I got the, goosebumps. Like, and yeah. then when they conceived, mm-hmm. it was that whole yes, the same God. Yeah. So again, when you see the bump, don't not allow that to drive envy, mm-hmm. but allow that to encourage you to say, we serve a sovereign God. Yeah. And we serve a God who has no respecter of person. Mm-hmm. And he will take care of you. Speaking of no respecter of person, mm-hmm. look at the story with Sarah. And with Hagar, come on. When the Lord allowed for Abraham to pack up Hagar and Ishmael and send them off, talk what he they did. got hungry. Mm-hmm. They was broke. They was out of doors. They were in the sun so bad to where Hagar thought her son Ishmael All was going to die from hunger. Yes. she walked off. The Bible says I think it was a hundred paces because she said, "Lord, if you take my son, I don't want to see him die." Yeah, and the Lord said. I not only have heard your cry, Hagar, mm-hmm. but I have heard your son Ishmael's cry. Yes. And if I am the God, yes, I'm going to allow for Isaac to have multiple children because he is going to, because Abraham, yes, is going to be the father of many nations. Right. But I'm not going to forget Ishmael. Come on. And Ishmael is going to have a lot of children too. Yeah. So the same God. Come on. That allow for somebody else to have a baby bump is the same God mm-hmm. that will touch you on your journey and allow for you to experience that power, that feeling, that love, that celebratory enjoyment mm-hmm. of impregnation and parenting as well. Amen. Amen, Brother Sweet. Amen. I mean, you gave us our inspiration. That's the hope. That's the hope. And the thing is, is that there is hope. And that is the whole premise of this podcast is to provide that faith, hope, love, and laughter. And the reality is that you don't know what it takes to be that person. And in that, you can find joy and celebration in what you're going through, that God can get you through it. And he is not a God of respect or person. He's sovereign. So again, thank you for listening. And we appreciate you. Don't forget to like us on instagram at b b e underscore conception and also don't if you want to um not don't but if you want to email us or slide in our dms or email us at bconception 14 at gmail.com we would love to hear from you we're going to be doing some more interesting things and playing on our yeah i wish somebody would ask us a question yeah i would love for somebody to ask us a question that would be wonderful i mean we're open i mean we're on a podcast yeah. opening up our life story so yeah. yeah but we would love to hear from you but be blessed have a great week and again 
And we ain't gonna put your name out there. Oh no! If you ask us a question, you will. Remain it will be anonymous. Anonymous. Yes, it will be anonymous. Invisible. But invisible. But well, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta campfire to get. Yeah, to. we got a campfire to get to. We promise this child. Yes. So we're gonna camp out. Yes. Tonight. So you all enjoy your week. Be blessed, and know that what is beyond your conception is possible for God. So yes. Take care. Take care.